This is the Real Estate Investing for Freedom podcast, where we bring on the experts to teach you the golden nuggets of real estate investing so you can escape the rat race and start living life on your terms. Now, here's your host, Dalen Hazel. Hello and welcome to another episode. I'm very excited for this one. Uh, I sit down with my friend Lincoln Amstutz and we talk all about wholesaling. What is it? How to get started? And actually, we also delve into the ethics and what we can do to have a good name, a good reputation in the wholesaling community. So this episode talks about a lot. You're going to want to listen to it from beginning to end, especially if you are a new up and coming investor. Um, But first, before all that, I'm going to mention the golden nugget of the day. Today's golden nugget is find wholesalers in your local area and negotiate. So the first part of that is find wholesalers. Um, You can do this by networking with other investors or looking on Facebook groups, but you want to find those people, those wholesalers that are bringing investors off market deals, which are deals that are not listed with a real estate agent. These deals can be some of the best out there. And obviously a wholesaler will mark up their finder's fee on it, but still it turns out to usually be a better deal than you can get on the market. So the first part of this is finding the wholesalers. And secondly, when they bring you a deal, you want to negotiate. So just because they're asking, say, $50,000 on a house doesn't mean you have to offer that. A wholesaler, uh, you can negotiate with them as well. And sometimes they will appreciate that to move the deal quicker and get it across the finish line because they are on a time crunch as well. So find wholesalers and negotiate. So with that said, let me introduce today's guest. Lincoln has been doing real estate investing for two years now. He started off wholesaling properties in the Springfield, Missouri area, and he has grown that side of the business while also jumping into long-term rental properties as well. His goal is to grow his wholesaling company to where it's completely automated and continue to add on rental properties for years to come. So without further ado, here is episode 10 of the Real Estate Investing for Freedom podcast. Welcome to the show, Lincoln. How are you doing today? Hey, Dalen. Doing great. Doing great. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm glad to have you on. Um, I was thinking about this for a while because you're a local guy in my market. We're kind of doing the same thing. So I'm super excited for you to share your knowledge with the listeners and kind of unpack what you're doing right now. So other than what was shared so far, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about your background, how you got started specifically in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm excited to be on here. I appreciate it. Uh, For me, I've been in real estate just about two years now. I, growing up, always been interested in business, had a lawn care business that I started up and ran for six, seven years. And then I flipped cars for a while. So, you know, always, you know, been buying low, selling high, did that for another year or two during and after high school. And then real estate kind of just happened upon me, I guess you could say. I was just reading a lot, researching business, different things to get into. And real estate was one of those things that kind of kept popping back up over and over again. You know, a lot of the wealthier people, how did they get there where they're at today? It was through real estate. So I just studied it a lot, read books, met with people I knew in real estate, and eventually kind of just settled on, hey, this is what I want to pursue. Let's do this full time. So I was in college for a year, but I decided, hey, I need to focus on this. 
let's just uh, yeah drop out, go into real estate full time, and um, yeah, been in that two years now. Awesome. Yeah, it seems like that's the natural progression. You know, people are, right. are young. People are interested in sales, and they start exploring. You know, flipping this, flipping that, because um, you know you got to buy buy low and sell high. That's the name of the game. And then real estate is kind of like the aha moment because it's it's big. It's, it's, you can make a lot of money doing it. And like you said, pe- a lot of people become wealthy through that. So I feel like that's the yeah. natural progression for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be that way. Uh, other guys I know in real estate have had yeah similar progression. And a lot of what that is, at least for me, from what I experienced is kind of building up your risk tolerance in a lot of ways of like, Hey, I can start on something small. I figure out the process of negotiation, of listing, marketing, because all of those principles at its at their core are the same for selling an iPhone and flipping an iPhone versus flipping a house. A lot of those things carry over. So it, it makes sense. Yeah. And we're going to talk about how a lot of those principles carry into what you're doing today, the negotiating and the analyzing deals and so forth. So the main topic of today's show is wholesaling. And it's an exciting topic for, uh, for a lot of people. A lot of people know what it is because it's a great way to get started in real estate. So my first kind of point of interest for you is going to be what is wholesaling and who is it geared towards? Can you provide like um, an high level overview and then how that would look like step-by-step? Yes. Yes. At its core, wholesaling is finding off-market properties, getting them under contract uh, for a low discounted price, and then upselling them to investors. So basically you're, you're finding deals, um, nothing that's listed, but contacting homeowners directly, throwing out an offer. And then if that offer is accepted, you take this uh, house you have under contract and you assign this contract to another party, another investor who's going to actually go and do the rehab, rent it out, flip it, et cetera. And so, yeah, that's basically kind of wholesaling uh, overall. And what was your, your second kind of question? Yeah, off of that? just like a step-by-step, like what do you do first until you get paid? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So for the first part, it's all about marketing. A lot of wholesaling is is marketing, and you just want to get in front of as many people as possible. So you're putting the word out there that you buy houses. Um, a lot of what I do is calling, and so I'm calling people up. They are interested, so we set up a meeting. I go to their property, check it out, take a look at the condition, analyze that. And if I'm prepared in that that moment or later on with a phone call, I'll give them an offer. If that offer is accepted, uh, we are just writing it down on a purchase agreement that I will buy the property from them for the set price. And generally closings are gonna be about 30 days. So in that 30 days, now that I have this property under contract, I'm taking it to investors, people I know want to buy properties, want a good, deal on real estate. And I present it to them. I walk them through the property. And once we agree on that set price, um, I write up a contract with them and we close um, around 30 days later or so. Right. So it sounds like there's a marketing phase, there's a negotiation phase, and then there's a disposition phase. So um, can you kind of unpack, you mentioned a legal term, assign. And that's the essence of wholesaling. So what does the word assign mean when it comes to this? Yes. So assigning is essentially somebody is taking your place in that contract. So 
you were the person on the contract written up to buy the property at a set price on a day. Well, an assignment is basically somebody or the company taking in, uh, stepping in and taking your place to purchase the property. So they are essentially just taking over that transaction. You write in your commission on that assignment, but other than that, you're pretty much done and they will close out the property from there. Yeah. I mean, in simple terms, it's like that markup when you assign is like a finder's fee. You know, you did the hard work of finding that property and then you get a finder's fee when you assign it or give the contract to the end buyer. Um, so what does it mean to, I guess there's different ways to dispose of these properties. You can assign it or you can double close. Can you kind of explain the dynamics between those two options and like, what are the repercussions of double closing and what are the repercussions of assigning contract? Yes. Yes. It's important to know the difference at first. I thought, Oh, you can do either one. It doesn't really matter. And it all depends on what you're going for. So an assignment is going to be potentially more hands-free. You assign it over, you step back and you're completely done with the deal. But with that, uh, your end buyer, um, the investor that's buying the property from you, they're going to know the amount of money you're making on the wholesale, on the transaction, because it has to be listed in that assignment. Whereas on a double close, uh, both parties, the seller that you're buying the property from and the buyer, the one you are selling to, they're completely separate. They don't know what's going on. You can keep the your profit out of the picture. And it's, it's a little bit more um, separated than an assignment, which kind of combines all the deals into one. So that, that has a, a benefit depending on which route you're wanting to go in. Yeah. I know that's a bit of a rabbit trail. So maybe for a newer investor, they don't need to worry about, hey, do I assign? Do I double close? A lot of people start off with just assigning, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I did up front as a signing, but I've kind of opted for double close. It really isn't any more complicated um, mm-hmm. at the at the title company. So that's really the route I like to go in. Yeah. So I think at a high level, you know, wholesaling is like flipping houses, but no rehab. And I tell people, you know, I flip houses, but I don't rehab it. And it's like, it blows their mind because they think that you have to rehab a house to flip it. And they don't even know that there's a whole world out there of people who are just finding the deal and negotiating and creating the value there instead of through sweat equity and labor. So is that why you like wholesaling uh, a lot? Because you don't have to do the rehab? Yes. That's why I love wholesaling. That's why I got into wholesaling. It's really for people that they want to be more on the transactional side of real estate than in it themselves with, you know, hammer and nails themselves rehabbing or even dealing with a contractor. It's more about volume and contracts than it is about uh, the, the actual flip, the actual Mac, you know, magnifying your profit on each and every deal. Um, so it's definitely geared more towards somebody that wants to be on that contract side and negotiation and let the investors um, on the back end deal with the contractors and rehab. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't make as much money as a flipper, you can probably do a lot more transactions than a flipper. Yeah. So yes. um, who is wholesaling for? Cause this sounds great and we don't want to paint too great of a picture of it because it is difficult. It is a business just like anything else, but who would this business model be suited for? Yes. Yes, for sure. I've heard uh, it said that wholesaling is, it's a pretty simple business in and of itself, but it's not necessarily easy. So there's, you know, the 
A to A to Z, start to finish, you can kind of understand wholesaling decently easy, but in and of itself, it does take some time to build up and some knowledge of how it works and contracts and rehab costs, this and that. But wholesaling is really for the person that is willing to hustle, that's willing to learn about real estate, the ins and outs, the, uh, how to value properties, how to deal with sellers and buyers. And it's great getting started because you don't need really much of any money to get into it, right? Whereas if you're buying properties, if you're rehabbing, you either have to have money yourself or access to money. Whereas with wholesaling, you're just dealing with contracts, right? You, you need to have a backup plan, but at the end of the day, you don't put any money in um, on a wholesale 95, 99% of the time. So that is the appeal towards it. And somebody that's willing to learn and hustle and do more work versus just having money to invest. Yeah, the main two costs are really just your marketing costs. And also if you put down an earnest money deposit. And other than that, there are not a lot of costs to get started. Um, and so I want to touch on like, why does wholesaling get a bad name then? Because it seems like very beginner friendly. So it seems like it could be taken over by a lot of newbies who don't know what they're doing. So why does wholesaling get a bad name? And how can people that are serious about it, like you and me, how can we overcome that? Yes. Yeah. Wholesaling definitely can, uh, yeah, have those connotations and, and really can, uh, be looked at in a bad light because of some experiences people have had with it or those involved. A lot of times people can jump in. They think they understand everything. They're like, you know what? I'm just going to get properties under contract. And they start going, throwing out contracts left and right, getting every decent or even bad deal under contract, thinking that, well, I'll just share it. Uh, with these investors, if they don't want it, I'll back out. And that really is not the right way to go about it. I mean, you are legally uh, obligated to purchase this. And when you're backing out and, uh, you know, th that's not great for sellers and that's not great for real estate in general. And on top of that, it can also get a bad rap because on the investor side, they, you know, they want to get a good deal. They're buying from these wholesalers. Well, as a wholesaler, if you don't have your license, you don't really have to disclose anything about the property or even be truthful in what you share. So you could say it's got extra square footage or it's got um, this and that upgrade to the HVAC without really any recourse against you if you're lying or you're wrong. So um, a lot of people don't like wholesalers because of that reason as well with some of the honesty or the uh, facts they're stating that uh, might not actually um, be truthful in the end. Yeah. And that's part of the reason I got my license. Like, I don't know how you feel about it. I don't even know if you have your license, but like, I just thought that if I had that license, I would be held to a higher standard automatically. And therefore like I should be taken more seriously and just, it gives you accountability, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely important to not paint the whole industry in a bad light and like, don't back out of your contracts. Like don't do shady stuff. Don't over promise to the sellers. And then for example, if you if you get under contract for a certain price and then you can't sell it for that price, then you're really in trouble. Like, so, yes. and I think a lot of beginners yes. can fall into that trap of getting into a property like too high because they don't know how to estimate repairs or estimate the after repair value. So can you touch on how you operate ethically as far as making sure you have the right repair estimate, making sure you have the right after repair value um, how do you make sure that you're giving the seller an honest offer? Absolutely. It, it's very important. 
um, as somebody that's trying to grow a business, that's trying to do this for the long haul, I want to do it right. And uh, not, you know, for ethical reasons, first and foremost, but also just for, uh, you know, being in business. I want to work with people that are honest and I want to be honest in return. So uh, upfront, really what you can do to avoid the, you know, potential danger there is be very, very conservative with your numbers, right? Be conservative with the after repair values that you're sharing. What is this house going to be worth? Be conservative with your repair cost, add extra if you're not quite sure. That way you're protecting yourself from getting a bad deal and you're protecting that investor from buying a bad deal uh, when you really maybe didn't know as in-depth as you should have at that point. If you're new, just be conservative and just continue to be honest. Um, don't embellish. Don't say things about a property that may or may not actually be true. Uh, just be straightforward with what it is, and you're going to find that it's going to benefit you in the long run because those same cash buyers are going to come back to you over and over again. And that's really a huge bonus um, in this business is having that consistency. Yeah. And just as a final point on ethics, I mean, you hear news stories in the grapevine about, you know, cracking down on wholesalers, you have to have your license to operate and it hasn't reached Missouri where we're at yet, but I can sense mm -hmm. that coming down the pipeline. I know in Illinois, uh, especially in even Pennsylvania, I think um, you have to have your license to wholesale. So we want to be careful there and um, warn the listeners about that. So I want to switch gears from ethics, like I said, and talk about what does your day-to-day -day look like in your wholesaling business? And, um, well, I'll, I'll save another question for after that, but go ahead and talk about your day-to-day -day activities. Sure, sure. It's, it's kind of changed, uh, you know, over the last uh, couple of years. But at this point, um, I'm pretty much, you know, five days a week, nine to five. I'll go in and immediately get on emails and communications, making sure all my closings for properties are in line. Those are, are going forward as they need, not letting things fall under the rug. So communication is key and making sure everybody is on the same page. And then after that, I jump into kind of follow-ups with hot leads, with people that are interested. I'm jumping on the phone, making offers. I'm analyzing deals. And yeah, just jumping right into the, the hot leads that we have and, and potential buyers uh, and sellers. So that's kind of morning, afternoon. I'm going out looking at properties, um, actually physically meeting with people, negotiating and selling properties as well and the miscellaneous meetings. So kind of more structure in the mornings with those, um, those things. And then afternoon varies a little bit based off of the meetings I have for that day. Yeah, it's definitely sales-based. And even though it is still a job, like I would argue it's a pretty fun job, you know, getting to talk to people constantly, make offers, feel like you're moving your business forward every day. It is a lot of fun. It can be a lot of fun. Um, so how are you planning to automate your wholesaling company? Because I know that your roles have changed. I mean, you sounds like you have other people doing marketing as well for you. So how are you transitioning into more of a high level thinker in your business rather than always doing the base level uh, work? Absolutely. Yeah. Right now I'm, you know, I'm hustling, I'm working, you know, a, a fair amount of hours each week, but yes, the goal is auto automating it, making it to where I don't even have to be a part of, you know, the process, which is an actual business. So right now I have uh, two part-time employees. Um, one's a virtual assistant that does um, cold calling and uh, bringing in leads. And then another is a lead manager who is actually handling those leads 
and and taking them uh, to the point where I can look at them for an offer. So the goal is over the next uh, four or five years, get five full-time employees that are handling all different aspects of the business. Just an assistant to handle, handle those random tasks um, through the business, uh, people that are, are marketing full-time and really just investing in the people that I'm working with so that everything is, is smooth. We have systems in place to where I can work if I'd like and step in and analyze a deal and negotiate where I can have people set up to do that. So it's really uh, increasing hours of the people I have right now and then adding on new roles as I um, gain new business and have that ability. Yeah. And it's another positive of the business model. I mean, you can run pretty lean and mean in this business. I mean, you really need an acquisition manager, like an assistant, like you said, and then maybe yourself. And and as you grow, you'll need a couple others, but it's not like you need hundreds of employees to do this. I mean, you can do it pretty, because the profit margins are so high per deal, you can do relatively few deals and have relatively few employees to do a lot of business. So I also want to switch gears and talk about like, Obviously, you and I are pretty young. And what is it like being young in real estate investing? Do sellers not trust you because your age sometime? What does that look like? Yeah, it's definitely a a little different. Uh, I was scared at first that it was going to hinder my ability. People just not wanting to work with me. Uh, You're too young. I don't really have that trust in you at this point just because of that. But honestly, if anything, it's probably helped me. Uh, People like... Uh, saying, hey, you know, I feel like I'm helping out, you know, a young hustler, somebody that's going out there and getting it done. Uh, I think it's fun to be able to work with these uh, people that have potentially been in it for years. And yeah, I'm just jumping in, but I get to help them in their business. They're helping me out in mine. So it's actually, you know, in a lot of ways um, is an advantage. You know, when you're talking all of real estate, it can be maybe harder to work with banks at this stage, you know, not as much uh, credit history, tax history, but for the most part, you know, we have time, we have energy now. So it's, it's really been a good time in my life to get started and would recommend it really even at this age. Yeah. I mean, you got to start somewhere, right? So why not as early as possible? <laughs> exactly. Um, in your day-to-day dealings, what are sellers wanting most right now? Is it cash? Is it no repairs? Is it quick close? Is it the highest dollar possible? Like, what have you found that people want most right now? Because I know it always changes based on the economy. Yes, yes. In this economy, in Springfield, um, the Midwest, it's very much so the market's hot. People can get what they want for their property. And uh, so as far as in wholesaling, if I'm doing a deal with somebody, it's really not price necessarily. Of course, everybody wants to get the most they can, but if they're willing to sell it at a discount, um, it's because it's the fast close and it's as is, right? People don't want to have to take the junk out of there from their previous tenants, or they don't want to have to wait two months on a normal real estate transaction just for it to fall through due to financing. They want cash fast as is. And that's really the main reason uh, sellers are still coming to wholesalers in this crazy market is for those reasons. And I don't think that will change too much, even in a crazy hot market right, like right now. Yeah. I mean, the common belief right now is it's hard to find deals. But I mean, I would just disagree because in every market cycle, there's always going to people be people struggling, going through probate, divorce, you know, brothers moved in and not paying rent. Things like that are always going to happen because we're humans and 
you know, we make mistakes. So I don't think it's hard to find deals. I just think you have to tailor your approach and your credibility and your offer. So, I mean, would you agree with that, that it's still manageable to find deals? Absolutely. Very, very manageable. It's just, yeah, you have to adjust your strategy for how you do that based on the economy, like you said. Right, right. So how can a beginner wholesaler set themselves apart from the competition who's maybe doing five to 10 deals a month like you um, if they're just starting out? Sure, sure. It's definitely, again, it's a marketing game. You have to try out different things and be willing to be flexible, right? If you don't have much money up front and there's all these big companies that are around, I definitely recommend literally going door to door, knocking on doors, um, get that personal interaction that can't be you know, matched with just a postcard or just a phone call or text. That's a great way to get into it. Uh, but just try different things out. Uh, drive around, find houses that are in rough shape, give them a call, send them a letter. Um, even if you wanted to try, depending on your market, Facebook ads or some uh, Google um, AdWords and, and pay-per-click things. Just, just you have to be able to be flexible and try a variety. But you know, an easy one to start off with is that door knocking um, and, and phone calls because it's personable, it's cheap. And it's, it's a good, good way to start and try that out. Yeah. You just have to find the channel that works best for you. I mean, you like the calling, obviously I like direct mail because, you know, I work a full-time job, so I'm not able to do a lot of the, um, the calling. And so I like the, the leads to come to me. So you just have to tailor, you know, your strategy to whatever your life situation looks like, whatever your cash flow at that time looks like. Um, what is wholesaling done for you in terms of, opportunities, networking, uh, maybe even touch about how it's increased your income? Sure, sure. I I love wholesaling because it it got my foot in the door of real estate. If it wasn't for it, um, I think I would have gotten to real estate, but it would have been uh, much delayed and in a different capacity for sure. So I like wholesaling because it allows me to understand the basics of how a real estate transaction works. Um, it gets me in the door with connections for, uh, you know, realtors, for property managers, lenders, all of those things I am now closer to and have connections with because I've been wholesaling. And for me, that's the most valuable thing. When I make those connections that um, I can benefit them by bringing them deals and, and sellers, and they can help me out on the backside. So that has been great. And, and yeah, definitely I, am able to take the money I earn from wholesaling from those checks and commissions. And a lot of what I do is I set goals up to where I put that right back into real estate um, on a buy and hold uh, type. So I'm uh, taking the money from, you know, things I'm working at wholesaling, you know, it is active right now. It is a job until I have the business fully operational. So I am working, but then what I can do is I can take those earnings and put them into investments that work for me. And that is um, a great way wholesaling has helped out thus far. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, you're one of the most valuable people when you can find the deal. I mean, you'll find people are probably going to be a little nicer to you, you know, (laughs) I don't know, like trying to get in your corner because they know you have the deals. And if you're the first one to bring it to them, then like you're doing a great service to them. Um, So I think networking and opportunities, it just gets your foot in the door, gives you like, the base level understanding of the real estate process, how a transaction works uh, for a relatively low risk and then income, you know, income potential is great on it versus, you know, a typical job. 
and you can do it at any age. So uh, you, you mentioned you're starting to put some of your proceeds into rental properties. Why did you start acquiring rentals? And like, how do you know, I guess this is two questions. I'm really bad about asking two questions. So I'll start off with one. Yeah. Um, why do you start acquiring these rentals? Yes, for me, uh, it's uh, wholesaling is a great way to make money, of course, and get my foot into real estate. But the end goal is definitely to A, build a business and B, invest. And so rental properties, for me, uh, I see as the greatest way or one of the greatest ways to invest my money. And I see that because houses are are physical, they're tangible. When it's a rental, it's an asset that's generating you income and cash flow. It's a property that's going to appreciate um, over time. You're not going to lose money with uh, inflation like you might um, in other investments or just savings accounts. And there's tax breaks. So I just see it as a great way to invest money. I want to put my money somewhere. Might as well be in real estate that I'm associated with. And it has great benefits on top of that. Yeah. And if you're finding the best deals already, you can easily just convert those to rentals. So how do you know what to keep as a buy and hold strategy, rental property, and what to just wholesale and take the one-time check? How do you know which strategy to take? Yes, it's definitely important because it's a long-term play for me. So I want to make the best of it right now if I'm going to put my time and energy into um, a, a rental property. So for me, the way I do that is, is I will go look at this property. Um, first off, it has to be a great deal. If it just kind of jumps out, jumps out at me, there's a lot of uh, profit to capture, a lot of equity that can be created because it's a good deal. That's first and foremost. And then secondly, is this a property I want to own in 30 years, right? I, I go stand right in front of it, look around. What do I think the area is going to be like in 30 years? Is this a safe place? Is it going to appreciate. I'm looking at all the factors that uh, will come into play 30, 40 years down the line. And if there's a good outcome, if it's improving over that time, great. Let's jump on it. Let's do it. The numbers make sense. If it's a question mark, if I'm unsettled about it, um, the long-term effects on this property, I'm going to let it go. Let somebody else take it for now. Um, and, and like you said, you kind of get a cherry pick those best deals. And, and those are some of the ways I look at it. Yeah, there's no wrong way to do it. And it is difficult a lot of the time. Um, you just have to think that's a good expression. Like, do I want to hold this for 30 years? Am I going to be proud to have this in my portfolio? That's some of the questions I ask myself. And even if you like dispose of a good property, like that you'd be happy with owning and to get that one-time wholesale check, like you're not wrong in doing that just as long as your end goal is to acquire rentals. Because as nice and as flashy as wholesaling is, I mean, you and I both know that the buy and hold game is where it's at. That's how you really scale and build that passive income. So awesome. Any last remarks before we kind of head into the last portion of our, of our show, anything, any other tips you want to add about wholesaling? Yeah, I would say if you're at all interested, like anything, just get in there and, and start learning, right? If you're like, if you want to start wholesaling, but you're afraid and the what ifs, uh, what you can do is you can overcome that fear um, and you can come, overcome the risk of wholesaling with knowledge and with understanding. So uh, definitely look up every resource you can, read books, talk to people locally in the business to reduce that fear, and that'll allow you to start taking steps. So I would definitely recommend just jump in, learn, 
and one step at a time towards um, your first wholesale. Yeah, knowledge can definitely overcome a lot of fears. So this last part of the show is called the Triple Threat, Lincoln, and it's the same three questions I asked to each, each guest. What is the app, pool, or resource that has been the biggest game changer for your business? Yes, there's, there's several I could mention uh, in wholesaling, but the top one for sure is a system called PropStream. Uh, PropStream is yeah, just an online system. Um, it does cost $100 a month. So it is going to be a little bit more expensive, but really this um, system does so much for my business. Um, it's been worth it since the very beginning. Uh, basically, it allows you to get on there, put in a property. You get just so much information about it, property details. You can see comparable sales, um, things that are currently listed. Um, it just analyzes the deal for you in a lot of ways, and you can even get lists of properties that you might want to call and contact from there. So PropStream is, is definitely that top one for me. Yeah, PropStream is a good one. I can't imagine operating without it. Um, number two is what has been the biggest failure in the last year and why do you think that happened? Yeah, I'd say the biggest failure this last year, one of them would be uh, not hiring sooner, actually. Um, I wish I would have started hiring, bringing people on to work with me in the, in the, in the company sooner than I did. Really, I hired my uh, the first employee right about five, six months ago. And looking back, I could have done it a year ago or even a year and a half ago. Uh, but it's that fear of, well, you know, I'm putting money out. Is that going to come back in return? I can do this better. Um, I can do this more efficient. But as soon as you, I've started letting people come on and, and working, they really pick it up well. Yes, maybe it's not as well as I could, but it's going to take more work off of my plate and in, in the end, grow the business and grow um, what we're trying to do faster. So I'd say not hiring um, as soon as I could have. Yeah. Hiring is one of those things that everyone's hesitant to do, but it's how you unlock the next level. And you may have to go through multiple people, candidates, but it's really, it's a must for this industry, especially because as you get so many leads, you don't know like how to work those leads effectively. So you get a a manager and um, you just get overwhelmed and stretched too thin. So that's super important to hire early and hire smart. <laughs> so the third one is our podcast is all about helping others achieve freedom with real estate investing, whether that's financial lifestyle or otherwise. So what does freedom mean to you? To me, freedom is just total control of my time, right? The, for investing, for having a business, well, what's the reason? Why am I doing it? Freedom is, is being able to, to go where I want when I want and do what I want and have that flexibility and time and investing in, in real estate. That's what, what gets, uh, is what I'm working on to get me in that direction to, towards that goal. So I'd say freedom is just uh, setting up as many passive streams of income as possible so that that time can be created um, that I can use kind of for whatever um, purposes, whether that's growing the business more or um, something separate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So do you have like a goal of when you want to achieve that? I mean, do you, do you keep goals like that or is it kind of up in the air right now? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely do. I'm, I'm very goal oriented and uh, try and narrow it down and make it practical. Uh, so for me, uh, my goal is uh, in the next uh, four years, I would like to be 
I guess you could say financially free that I have all my expenses paid for, um, plus some, you know, to have some, some money to spend. So I'd like to get that done, uh, by, uh, when I'm 26 here in the next four years. Yeah. That wouldn't be a too bad of a setup there. <laughs> 26 right. and financially free. So the last question I have is where can listeners get a hold of you if they want to learn about real estate, maybe send you a deal or partner with you? Yes, definitely. Uh, it's, you can contact uh, me through just everything, uh, my company related. So my company is Homelink Properties. Uh, if you look up Homelink Properties underscore on Facebook, you'll find me there um, and on Instagram. And so reach out through that, my uh, personal Instagram as well, or Facebook, Lincoln Amstutz. Um, yeah, but definitely would love to connect with anybody, questions, um, deals, whatever it is, Homelink Properties. Um, or Lincoln Amstutz on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And we'll be able to put that all in the show notes there. Well, Lincoln, it's been a pleasure and thanks for sharing your local knowledge and expertise with everybody. And I appreciate having you on. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Investing for Freedom podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review and tune in next week for the next episode.